0: All right. I'll be reading from uh, Isaiah fifty-seven, fourteen through sixteen. And it will be said, "Build up, build up, prepare the road, remove the obstacles out of the way of my people." For this is the one. This is for this is what the high and exalted one says: He who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite. And lowly in spirit. To revive the spirit of the lowly. And to revive the heart of the contrite. I will not rescue. I will not accuse them forever. Nor will I always be angry. For then they would faint away because of me. The very people I have created. Alright. This is better in here already. Okay. Alright. Well, welcome everyone. It's great to have everyone here with us again today. God is good, amen. God is good even if um, our world seems like uh continues to just drag on with strange things, COVID and, and all that. God continues to be God and uh He is is uh the, the scriptures that I read as long as, um, and since the time he's created the world, uh, he's never left us or abandoned us, has he? He's always there somehow, and we're going to face hardships, we face things that are uncomfortable, but somehow God has his way of just providing a way out and providing good fruit that can come out of it. And so I'm excited for that. But I had some comments here last time when I put up the a meme that had uh, talked about how we're supposed to keep some distance and... And had a turkey vulture. The wingspan of a turkey vulture in between us. And so, there was a, some people said, you know, Chris, that doesn't help. I've never gotten up close and personal with a turkey vulture, and so I have no idea exactly what that's supposed to look like. And so I tried this. Okay, how many of you have seen a caribou? Okay, I have not, but I've seen Santa's reindeer, and so I, that's something similar, you know, kind of the same sort of thing. But caribou are, if you. Size-wise, if you split the difference between a mule deer and an elk, that's what you've got. And so just imagine that, something like that between us. So that's just a, a friendly reminder, some kind of fun thing to think about as we, we go forward. All right, we're going to go ahead and, and, uh, and jump into to Scripture here. And I, I will introduce this here in just a minute. This is really high-quality cane sugar root beer. And I will, anybody want this? Not forget about it. Well, we'll see. I might give it away. We'll see how how things shake out here. But as I was reflecting this week, I ran across an old an old uh, tale of Aesop, one of those nursery rhyme type things. That is the story of the peacock and the crane. How many of you know that story? I, I remembered it after I read it, but I hadn't uh, hadn't read it or or come across it in years. And what was interesting about this is it really dovetails what we're going to talk about from Proverbs today. And we'll be in Proverbs for the next few weeks, and then we're going to transition to uh, digging into some other stuff from Scripture. But the story of the peacock and the crane goes like this. There's a great peacock that was walking around the barnyard, and it's beautiful. And it had its tail all up and fanned out. And how many of you, has anybody here ever owned a peacock? Nobody has owned a peacock. Oh, man. Oh, man. You know, I thought this, this crew is very diverse and we've got lots of experiences, but none of us here have ever owned a peacock. Next year, I'm going to ask this question again and somebody's going to own a peacock somewhere, right? Now, peacocks are known for, especially the males, having these tail that comes up and just is beautiful, And they walk around, and and even if we say someone is acting like a peacock, it means that they're strutting around really proud of themselves. And they're known for being an animal that's really proud. And so the peacock walks around the barnyard, and out on the edge of the barnyard, there stands a crane. And this crane has brown feathers and is not really very pretty. And the peacock says, boy, I'm sure glad I'm not like you. Your feathers are just ugly and brown, and look at my feathers they're beautiful and they're amazing to look at and people just love to take pictures of me because I am so beautiful and the crane looked over at the peacock and said follow me if you can and took off and flew up into the sky up into the heavens and looked around and was able to see everything how beautiful it was and the peacock remained there walking around the barnyard with the pigs and the chickens and the moral of the story is, is that sometimes if we just look at ourselves, uh, we're not a very good judge of, of what we really are. We may think that we're all that, we may think we're beautiful, we may think we have this or that, but when it comes down to it, we may be really missing some, some things in our life that someone next to us has and can share with us. So the Proverbs talk a lot about pride, and that's one of the themes that comes up over and over again. And so let's talk about what pride is here in just for just a second. Pride, according to Scripture, is to be high-minded or puffed up, overvaluing self and devaluing others. In other words, looking around saying, man, there's all these people down I, man, Look at how great I am. Look at what all I've got accomplished. Look what I've got figured out. And Boy, these people down here, they just, they just don't have a clue what's going on around them. One of the greatest demonstrations of pride in Scripture is the Tower of Babel. And you see that way back in the early chapters of Genesis. And what happens is people say, wow, look at this. We have, look at what we are. Look at what we can do. We are going to build this great tower that reaches up to the heavens to show people how wonderful and great we are. And God says, "Ah, you know, man, you guys have... uh, I'm a little bit too full of yourselves right here, and so I'm going to confuse your languages, and you're going to scatter out over the earth is what I told you to do. Be fruitful and multiply, not stay in one place and build beautiful stuff. Okay, Just go everywhere. That's what I want you to do. And their pride comes crashing down really quickly. But that's a great definition or description that we see of pride in Scripture. Overvaluing self and devaluing others. And sometimes... There's all sorts of selfishness that can come into that. Sometimes there's just when we're successful and things go really well for us or really comfortable for us for a while, that builds pride because ultimately we believe that, man, I must be doing something right. Man, I got stuff figured out. And so that's why things are going well because I have the right plan or whatever it is. And all of a sudden we realize, we look around and say, wait a minute, I'm not giving God credit for, for anything. It's just... All me and and how great I am. And what we see in Scripture is that pride is something that is, according to God, is very serious and it's very damaging. Now for us in our world, it almost seems like, as I talked about last week, as, as far as telling the truth, telling the truth is something, especially when we turn on the TV, is way down here somewhere. And maybe for us in our world, oftentimes we hold people up that are full of pride, instead of, of looking and saying, well, wait a minute, that's not a good quality to have. And so uh, that, can be, that can be really damaging if we continue on, and the Proverbs will tell us why. But humility on the other side means someone who is brought low or someone who has an accurate view of self that really values other people. In other words, someone that says, I know that I'm created in the image of God. I've been given gifts and abilities and great blessings from God. And my job on this earth is to share those with other people. And I have something to learn from the people around me. I always do, because there's always something more to learn. That is the perspective of someone who is humble. And that's the perspective that God asks of us, and the Proverbs talk a lot about this. Hey, there's one proverb that jumps out over and above the rest regarding pride and humility. And here it is. Pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit gain honor. Okay, a lot of times when we think really highly of ourselves or want to think very highly of ourselves, that comes from our own personal insecurities. We want people to notice how amazing we are, and so we puff up and we talk about ourselves and, and all that sort of thing, so that people around can say, "Oh man, what an amazing person that is! Look at how, uh, look at all that they've accomplished." Let me use an analogy here. Okay, here is this Big Sky Soda, cane sugar root beer. Okay, cane sugar root beer. That's the good stuff, I guess. And so I'm going to sit it over here. It's going to be out of the the view of the camera a little bit. But there it is, right there. Okay. With a lot of things in life, if I want that soda, what do I need to do? I need to walk over there and grab it, right? There's that soda. I'm going to walk over there. I'm going to grab it. And I'm going to drink it. I'm not going to do it. But that's what we would do normally in life, right? If there's something we want, we go right towards it. What this proverb tells us is that pride and honor works in the opposite way. So if I'm a person that really wants honor, I really want people to look at me. I want people to say things nice about me. I want people to see all the things that I have to, to, to give and to offer. And I want that and I pursue it. The closer I get, the more I try to grab onto it, the more elusive it gets, and the more impossible it is for me to hang on to. Because it says pride does not bring a person higher. It brings a person low. Pride ultimately leads to our own humiliation. And so it works the opposite with pride, is that if I want to be one that is seen by others as honorable, if I want others to say good things about me and recognize the abilities that God has given me, And what I have to do is look over there and say, look at that honor and all that over there. I need to turn around and I need to walk the other direction away from it. My motives have to be not to get people to say good things about me, but ultimately to love God and love my neighbors as myself. And if I choose to do that, then what happens is what maybe I really want deep down is given to me. You see how that works? It's the opposite of most things in life. Because pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit gain honor. God gives honor to those who will humble themselves before him. Here's some more. Here's some consequences of pride. Is that Pride is really dangerous. And look at all these words. I've highlighted some of the consequences here in these verses. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. So if we walk around with prideful attitudes, we have made God himself our enemy. Scary stuff. God considers pride a sin that is very, very destructive. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And so the idea here is someone falling off a cliff. So if a person is is full of pride, then falling and destruction is coming. uh, Because uh, that's we can't sustain that. Uh, We're not God. Before a downfall... The heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. So we humble ourselves again. We walk the opposite direction of glory and honor. That's when God will give it to us. When you look at those things up there that are highlighted in black letters there, do any of us want to walk out of here and be a person the Lord detests, being punished, destruction, fall, downfall? All of that kind of stuff. Those are pretty strong words, aren't they, from God? And that's not what we want. But if we puff ourselves up and have this attitude of, look at how great I am and everybody else is down here, then we find ourselves in an enemy of God. That's what Scripture tells us. Let's continue on here. Here's another peacock there. Are you sure nobody here has ever owned a peacock? Man, in my neighborhood we can't have them, so it's up to some of the rest of you to, to remedy this, right? This is what pride does to us. Okay. Do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for that for them. Now, if you remember, as we've gone through the Proverbs, the word fool is used a lot. And as Mr. T would say, I pity the fool. Or as Proverbs would say, don't be a fool. Don't be a person that is full of self and and all of that. But be a person who is humble. But here we see even a person who is wise in their own eyes or a person who looks to themselves for guidance and is really proud of what they have to say. Proverbs say, there's more hope for a fool than for them. That's even worse than being a fool. That's really bad. And there's even a worse word used here. This is, in Hebrew, I understand, about the nastiest word a person can be called in Scripture. The proud and arrogant person, mocker person who has no regard whatsoever for anything that's good is his name, and he behaves with insolent fury. In other words, the proud person goes around and, and, as we would say, throws tantrums, is upset about this and that, because, man, everybody else is an idiot. Everybody else is dumb. Everybody else is this. And why can't everybody see how great and wonderful I am and what I have to offer? Hey, it's not a godly spirit. Furthermore, the Lord tears down the house of the proud, but he sets the widow's boundary stones in place. And so here we are again, is that if we walk around in life with pride, we end up ourselves putting ourselves as an enemy to God because God is going to help people who are helpless, who humble themselves. Powerful things to think about here. Now this next little bit, I want to share in how maybe a father would share with a son and daughter. Because remember when we first started Proverbs, we talked about that. Is a lot of the proverbs are shared as a father teaching his, his son or teaching his son or daughter. And so I I asked my son. I said, Hey, why don't we'll get a chair and you can come up and sit by me here, and I'll instruct these things as I'm instructing a father to a son. And he said, Absolutely no way on earth you're getting me up there. So we're not going to do that. So I'm just going to talk to the air here as as someone who is who is speaking to a father to a son. So just imagine and uh, just imagine this is a uh, is a father speaking to his son or God speaking to us? You sit down, and I know, I like this picture because some of the greatest spiritual conversations I've ever had have happened far, far away from a church building. But they have happened with my father or other spiritual people when we are out fishing or we we're out in the woods or walking, whatever. And, uh, and something is said that changes my heart and touches me. You know, deep inside... And so this is how life works. Think about this. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Son, understand this, is that don't make plans, and that's great, but just understand some of the greatest and most unhappy people I've ever seen in life are people who made plans that changed. Because God changes plans all the time. We have to change plans, because we just there's so many things that we can't control in life. We're just really ultimately... Not that great at, uh, at figuring out what's going to happen next, evaluating and predicting and all that. And so make your plans, but understand that you don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. And if you have a heart that is willing to adapt and willing to change, then life is going to go a whole lot better for you. Because if you don't have that, when things don't go exactly as you anticipate, you tend to break and you fall apart. I don't want that for you. I want something much, much better. And my daughter, listen to this, let someone else praise you and not your own mouth, an outsider and not your own lips. You'll find in life that there's people that just love to talk about who they are and what they've accomplished. What's a whole lot better is you just go on about your way and really uh, do not try to build yourself up to other people. But spend most of your time seeing how you can build up the people around you and caring about them. And really trying to be a blessing to them. Because we, uh, um, when, we, when we just talk about ourselves all the time, other people get tired of that. And it puts us up on this perch that they just get, others get excited to knock us off because we, we, they can sense the pride in us. But understand this is, as well, is that uh, when people do say things about you that are good and honorable... Look at, for people that are outside of your small sphere of influence, your family members, for example. Family members are too close to us to understand what's really there. But look for people, as the word here is stranger or outsider, someone who knows of your deeds because of all they've heard about you. Let them speak about you instead of building yourself up and trying to speak about yourself. Let someone else do it. It goes a lot better for you. Son, I have something else to share. It's better to be lowly in spirit along with the oppressed than to share the plunder with the proud. There's going to, you're going to find people in life, son, that are prideful and arrogant and cocky and go around and talk about all that they've accomplished. And they can back it up. They're wealthy. They have whatever you may find attractive. But I'm telling you, son, from my experience and what I see from the heart of God... It's better to sit with the people that are poor than those who seem really successful and are really proud of themselves. Because that stuff wears off, and it's going to come to an end. It's going to damage them at some point in time. And so sit with the lowly people. Sit with the people that don't seem the great, the most popular. But there's something humble about them because you're going to gain much more from them, and they're going to have much more to offer them as well. Son, I remember there was a time where um, we had to uh, uh, had a tough situation happen in life, and we had to get an attorney. And I remember a spiritual mentor telling me, "Here's an attorney that is known for doing these type of uh, this type of work, and he's very good at what he does, and he's a bulldog. But I would recommend that you not have any association with him because of the." Various things that he's involved with in life. His immoral lifestyle. He's known for being not above board on his taxes. And he might be really good for this particular situation, but I, uh, I would strongly encourage you not to use him because you don't know where it's going to lead. And uh, you don't want your name associated with him. And I've always remembered that, and I've always been thankful for that. And God provided anyway. Here's another one. My daughter, listen to this. When pride comes, then comes disgrace but with humility comes wisdom. Just as there's people that walk around with friends, there's character or qualities that walk around with other friends. Think about this. When there is pride, and when you find pride in your heart, understand that there's going to come disgrace. Because if you're really proud of yourself and you look down on everybody else, what's going to happen is God's going to humble you and it's going to be tough. But if you humble yourself and you walk through life with a humble spirit, and God's going to give you a lot of wisdom. And it's really good. And you can walk through life making great decisions because of the wisdom that God has given you. And furthermore, think about this. Wisdom and instruction is the fear of the Lord. What I'd love for you to grow up to be one that just loves God and has a healthy respect for God, and one that doesn't just shake in your boots all the time, oh, what God's, God's going to do next? But understand the qualities and characters of God that he wants to be a God that blesses us continually. That's the God that we see in Scripture. Punishment is the last resort. Blessing is where God lives, and that's where he exists. And I want you to know that, God. And I want you to fear that, God. Because if you do, what happens is that wisdom and humility come along in life. And when you do that, a lot of honor. People around you will look to you for guidance. They'll look to you for an example. They'll esteem you highly. But you can't pursue honor itself because that leads to just pride. You have to pursue God and watch God work in really amazing ways. And I'm sure glad that uh, I had people in my life that shared some of those things with me. If you didn't, here they are from God. The Proverbs tells us a lot about humbling ourselves and not being connected with people who are prideful because of this direction that comes because of it. Let's do it. Change gears here for just a minute, and I'm going to leave the Proverbs, but I'm going to talk about humility from some places in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And because I think for all of us, maybe we're trying to wrestle right now as as election season's coming up. How do I make a difference? How am I one that uh, that tries to keep our our city, state, country going in a good direction? How do I how do I do that? Um, it seems like it's kind of a mess out there. Uh, I'm not sure what what I'm how I'm supposed to. To walk through all of this, I found some scriptures in uh, the prophets that I want to share with you that really impacted me and made me think. And here is one from the uh, book of Isaiah. And in Isaiah 66, he's talking about, hey, I'm not so concerned with this temple or this place of worship that you have there because what it sounds like is when you guys come and offer sacrifices to me because your hearts are in such bad places, you come and, he said, it's like someone bringing and offering a pig on the altar, which you can imagine with the, the Jews listening to Isaiah, they would have thought, oh, a pig on the altar? No, we can't do that. That's terrible. We don't do that stuff. That's an unclean animal. Ah, bad deal. He says, all these religious activities that you do, don't do a thing, because this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm looking for. Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. I can make any of this stuff. These are the ones that I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. That's what I'm looking for. Those are the people that I'm going to honor. Those are the people that I'm excited about. It's not all the ones that have all the words correct and everything as they come into my house and worship me, but it's the ones that are willing to humble themselves, contrite spirit, tremble at my word. Those are the people that I love. Those are the people that I'm really excited about. You want to be powerful? You want to be honorable? Then humble yourself before me and watch what happens. Here's another one from the prophet Zephaniah. And Zephaniah is speaking to the people saying, because we have been so proud, because we have been so full of ourselves, God is going to bring destruction on us. And he says, seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, you who do what he commands, seek righteousness, seek humility, perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. And Zephaniah is reminding him, said there's going to be punishment coming because for year after year after year, God has sent prophets. He said, Don't follow these gods that require human sacrifices and all this despicable stuff. Don't do that. I'm the creator God. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I want you to come follow me. I want to bless you beyond what you can imagine. I want your crops to be bumper crops every year. I want to bless uh, your, your vineyards. I want to bless your olive groves. I want to do all that. That's what I'm really excited about. But you refuse to listen to me. You refuse to follow me. And there's oppression running rampant. There's uh, just evil everywhere. And because of that, I'm going to bring judgment. What I want you to understand is that even if I do, when I do bring that, those of you that will humble yourselves among those that won't, I'm still going to take care of you. I'm still going to make sure that you're all right. I can do that, and it's amazing. I started thinking when you look back through First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, there are several examples of this, where people had the opportunity to humble themselves before God, and that God had brought the armies around, and when they did, they humbled themselves. God said, "All right, <laughs> armies, go back home. My people have humbled themselves. That's just what I wanted. I just want them their hearts. That's what I want." And uh, and when they would not humble themselves, there's consequences. So again, for us as Christians, you know, no matter what happens in our world, for people that walk humbly with God, God's there. Here's another one. This is one of a, a scripture that always touches my heart, Micah 6.8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? And he talks about all these different possibilities or people that, things that people do in order to try to honor God. He says, "This look, It's not that hard. This is what I want from you. To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Just do that. Do that. Live it. That's great. That's honor. That's powerful. It's just humbling yourself before God. Great things happen when that's the case. When we get to the New Testament, there's a, a lot of discussions about pride and humility. But what jumps out to me is, in practice, here's a couple of verses. One from 1 Peter 3.8. It says, Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. And then Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And what we see in Scripture, and what we especially see in these couple of verses right here, is that our spiritual conviction is seen most clearly in the way that we treat one another. That's it. We have a tendency as humans to make it much more complex and to try to define deep spirituality or genuine spirituality or spiritual maturity or however we would say it as something much, much more difficult. But what the Scripture says is the way you treat others shows who you really are, what really makes you tick. That's it right here. There's a, a, a quote that I came across here not long ago that I, I appreciated. And so I'll read it here. But what I want us to walk away with is every today is that every one of us has a tendency at times. Um, and if we uh, deny it, then I think we're, we need to look a little deeper. But each one of us has a tendency at times to think, wow, look at how great I am. Look at what good I have done. And, man, look at how dumb that guy or, is over there. He doesn't have anything figured out. And what Scripture tells us is, that's pride and it's pretty dangerous. And we better be very careful when we're walking that way, because if we don't humble ourselves, then God will humble us. And this uh, passage uh, made me think, and I've thought about it and read it several times here the last few weeks, and I'll just read it to you here, because I think this captures uh, the essence of what God calls us to be as people. And this is actually... Uh, from a a Hebrew rabbi is where this, this quote comes from. But the story goes that as he was passing away, he shared these words with someone nearby. He said, When I was young, I set out to change the world. When I grew older, I perceived that this was too ambitious, so I set out to change my state. This too, I realized, as I grew older, was too ambitious, so I set out to change my town. When I realized I could not even do this, I tried to change my family. How'd that work out for you? Now as an old man, I know that I should have started by changing myself. If I had started with myself, then maybe I would have succeeded in changing my family, the town, or even the state, and who knows, maybe even the whole world. And that makes me think. I want to be one that changes the world. I want to be one that makes a difference. It starts with taking a look at me on the inside and saying, I want to be a person that is not prideful in my heart, but one that simply walks in wisdom and humbles myself before God. By doing so, God can work in me to change many around. Good things from the Proverbs for all of us to think about. As I'm sure all of us, um, I learn uh, much from each one of you all the time. And uh, I know that for, for myself, there's times where I look deep and I think, man, I see some pride there and that's not what I want to be. And uh, my prayers for all of us is that we uh, look more like Jesus today than we did yesterday and we continue doing that. In our world that seems to be so much in turmoil right now, uh, we can show humility to the people around us in our own life and the way we treat others. And uh, I can't imagine that I can imagine the impact that God will continue to use among us in this valley and who knows, maybe even the world around us. If you'd like to become a Christian and you'd like prayers of the church, there's people that will wait in the back and um, be excited to pray with you or walk with you through whatever you may be wrestling through in life. We're going to go into the Lord's Supper and then we'll sing our way out uh, back into our community here after we're, we uh, take the Lord's Supper together. Come on down.